Hey everybody, what's going on? It's your boy Fatal from Fatal Affair. Thank you for supporting this podcast. You can now catch it on Apple, Google, Stitcher, and Spotify. Enjoy the show. What's going on, everybody? It is July 14th, 2021, and oh my goodness, we had such a week for Marvel things. We had Loki Episode 6, the season finale. Excuse me, there will be another season. Spoiler alert, I'm so sorry. Unlike what kind of confirmation we got for WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we presume there's going to be another WandaVision season. We presume there's going to be another Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Because there is just so much going on within those series that we need to wrap up certain character arcs, like with Agatha, that we we might see Agatha come back in Doctor Strange. But we also need to wrap up Sharon Carter, the power broker, and Baron Zemo. So, you know, if you want to see where maybe those are actually going to go, or if you want to have your own theories, you're going to have to start reading some comics. And to do that, ComicShopLocator.com will help you find your local trade shop to find comics and subscribe to them so that they're always there readily for your reading consumption also local comic dot shop if you if you don't want to use the other one you know google to apple android to apple uh ibm to apple i don't know <laughs> it's not just all about marvel things here we got witcher con 2021 the first of its kind netflix and cd project red joined forces to get the worldwide witcher fans together for a showcase of upcoming projects the witcher netflix series season two was announced and the trailer was absolutely thrilling. I got chills, and I don't even play The Witcher. I might have to watch this whole show through. I like seeing a property expand to reach audiences and different visions. Not all of them good, but this looks great. Complete with the Young Witcher Siri into the fold of Monsters and War in Season 2 of The Witcher. Fan favorite of the fanfare and a big name in the comic industry, Dark Horse, announced a joint publishing with CD Projekt Red for a graphic novel adaptation of The Witcher's A Grain of Truth, a collection of stories to reveal the truth behind fairy tales within this world. There were more reveals amongst merchandising, statues, figurines, and I wouldn't be surprised if behind closed doors and contracts they teased something for The Witcher 4. I don't know. I wasn't there. I watched too many of these live conventions, though, and if anything is a hint when the lights go down, it's... it's... Safe to presume there's a sequel in the works. Speaking of reveals, State of Play, July 2021. The Sony conference outside of E3, which allows them to showcase things for their own their own console, their own community, their own system. It's a little like Nintendo Treehouse, I guess. Maybe a little bit longer, but it, it gave us something to talk about. Because they showed Moss Book 2 a sequel to the beloved PSVR game, amongst a whole lot of other ones, but right now we're going to talk about Moss. I've actually had the honor of playing Moss 1 with the PlayStation VR. It was crazy. The whole VR headset in general is crazy. It was like looking into a maze for like a, like a, like a cheese maze for a rat on a table, but if the maze was a beautiful level instanced world with varying boards and environments and an intimate storytelling void, it's just like a black background if I remember. It, it felt like... A storybook fairy tale and you're controlling the protagonist it was insane if i had a psvr it'd be the first thing i would probably beat it was just super cool moss book 2 sounds like a good idea for owners of the psvr but if you don't own that vr guess what 
Arcade Geddon. It's an okay name. Not the best name. I'm gonna be honest. I ran to see gameplay of this game, though, because it looked crazy, and I didn't want it to play funky. It looks absolutely incredible. With customization and that jazzy punk feel like Knockout City, uh, it has a lot more somber feeling. It looked like it felt a little like Sunset Overdrive for Sony, like Sony's personal own IP. A looter shooter with crazy customization. I'm down to play this and see how far I can get. It's like zombies in the sense that you can go for a high score, like an arcade game, Borderlands style, offering PvE and PvP game modes. Ilphonics, kaleidoscopically chaotic loot-based shooter. Arcade Geddon is now on early access for PS5, and the price will raise at launch, so get in there now. Tribes of Midgard Season 1. It's Viking fever out here in the gaming industry and television. I've seen so many Viking things in the past few years with Netflix's Norseman and Ragnarok. Vikings on History Channel, Assassin's Creed, Valhalla, technically Loki and Thor and all that with Marvel or Norse, Nordic. Uh, For Honor even has their entire own faction. Listen, it's inescapable, it's hot, and this game looks pretty hot too. It's a Diablo type with loot. And a top-down camera angle, but featuring some really cool things like a strategic, uh, uh, an RTS gameplay element with upgradable villages. And this is just the beginning. It's season one. It's a love-hate relationship with seasonal games, buying battle passes. On one hand, you have an overall great multiplayer experience. One with a vibrant community that are that's self-sustaining in a way that continues to support itself for the sake of longer enjoyment, hopefully. But it also means we may have a lesser product, but we'll get there. So there's no way to tell sometimes if your money is well invested on a quality product with battle passes and season ones. But hey, I have faith in PlayStation exclusives and Tribes of Midgard drops July 27th. There's not a lot of other games around that date, so it might just be worth checking out. So there's a game that I'm glad we're still capable of making games like this. It's called Fist. F-I-S-T. It's an exclusive, I believe, for PS4 and 5. I don't know if it's going to be cross-platform. I'm glad we can make games that look insanely good, like with the whole Unreal Engine or whatever they're using on that to make the graphics look absolutely insane, but we can keep arcade elements and improve on the same old platformer. Not hating on King Mario or anything, but this game reminds me of a fully fleshed out Hollow Knight. It could be another Sackboy Adventures, I don't know, but it's a step in the right direction for arcade type games. Someone tell me how Oddworld's latest game was and maybe I'll have a different impression, but Fist comes out September 7th. I'll probably check that one out. August 3rd, a game called Hunter's Arena Legacy Drops. It's a 30-person melee free-for-all or 3v3. This whole state of play was very exciting for some multiplayer-oriented gamers. I think this one speaks for itself, though. It's hardcore badass. Kind of felt like Smite meets For Honor. Grand-scale melee battle royale seems pretty awesome to me. And 30 people feels controlled and tight. Might be easier to get into a match at the same time. I just hope that they keep the player base for that to work. Hunter's Arena Legacy, August 3rd. Lost Judgment, equal parts grisly and goofy. This game looks wild. It's visually and technically really impressive, like Yakuza with a bunch of minigames told from the perspective of a cop. It's actually a spinoff of Yakuza and the last installment in the Judgment series, launching globally September 24th. Demon Slayer Kometsu no Yaiba, The Hinokami Chronicles, an action RPG taking on the blade that slays demons as some of the main protagonists from the hit anime Demon Slayer. It looks really cool for fans of the Xenoverse games or Jump Force, a Demon Slayer action fighter that's sure to have a look into the future for the anime's franchise. Demon Slayer Kometsu no Yaiba, The Hinokami Chronicles, October 15th. Sifu Fight Club, 
A roguelite beat-em-up. Every time the fighter falls, he rises again. Get good at kicking ass or die over and over and age each time you do. A 2022 release date, but I'm sure as the game gets closer to release, we'll see more of this. We'll talk more about this. There weren't many environments shown other than a dark UFC-type arena in a late-night Japanese bar. But besides that, the combat looked pretty polished, and those levels looked absolutely stunning. Sifu Fight Club 2022. Go check it out and tell me. They also showed more Deathloop. We've been waiting for Deathloop forever. Uh, a Death Stranding director's cut for PS5, which I'm pretty sure is already on the PlayStation dashboard if you want to go check that out or, or maybe look at a possible trailer for that graphical transition. I never played Death Stranding on the PS4, but with that 60 FPS and that level of resolution, I'll probably go play that. It's totally up my, my creepy aisle, you know what I mean? And lastly, in our news, Marvel's What If gets a new trailer. A voiceover from The Watcher, a comic book entity pretty present in the multiversal Marvel comic arcs, showcasing alternate timelines with Captain Carter, Iron Killmonger, T'Challa as Star-Lord, and so much more. I want to see the Doctor Strange stuff more than anything after seeing Evil Sorcerer Supreme Funko for this story. That Doctor Strange looks nuts, I already pre-ordered that Funko. Uh, I also see Spider-Man as Doctor Strange in the promo poster for this. I can't wait to see how Marvel Studios takes care of an animated project. Especially after Star Wars having been such a knockout uh, in the park of animation. I have no doubts. It's a 10 episode show order too. So instead of like the no normal 6 or 8 for Loki or WandaVision, we get to spend a little more time with our Marvel characters in a very beautiful way. Go check that out. I'm pretty sure it's August 11th. Notable number ones. Yes, the comic review show where we can get you into a series that if you're already maybe you're on the edge, you're looking for something else and you don't want it to be Marvel or you want it to be Marvel. We don't we don't discriminate around here. We love Marvel. Just because we prefer something doesn't mean that we should forget about all the other artists and the writers that make up this industry that allows one to thrive over or thrive next to some of these other companies. And they all do incredible themselves. I know I can't draw like that. I try to write, but some of these stories are just breathtaking. They take you out of our everyday comfort and into some fantastical realm of fantasy, attaching ourselves to like characters and like storylines for our everyday enjoyment. Not the quick hustle and bustle of television, but art that we can sit down with, reflect on, go back and read more of. I'm not saying you can't rewind your streaming services, but there's just something beautiful about having a book, either digital or physical. Comic books are life to me. But enough about me talking about how much I love comic books. Let's go right into the notable number ones with Ablaze Comics. Sumerian Maneaters of Zambula number one. In shops July 14th, 2021 with writer Robert E. Howard and artist Guess. Robert E. Howard's savage hero continues his uncensored adventures. Discover the true Conan, unrestrained, violent, and sexual. Read the story as he intended. The Sumerian in the land of a thousand and one nights. A crossroads of beliefs, languages, and cultures, the mythical trading city of Zambula is also the scene of many dark legends. Upon paying the city a visit, Conan is warned of the dangers of Arambaksh's home. It is said that most of the foreigners who stay there disappear under obscure circumstances, and it is precisely there that the Sumerian is spending the night. But by lifting the veil on these mysterious cases of kidnappings, the Sumerian will discover another secret even more terrible, linked to the whole city of Zambula. Check that out in Sumerian Man-Eaters of Zambula, number one. On to Aftershock Comics! 
Beyond the Breach number one, written by Ed Brisson and artist Damien Cucero. In shops July 14th, 2021, life sucks for Vanessa. Her mother just died and her boyfriend is cheating on her with her own sister. To clear her mind, Vanessa is taking the California road trip that she's been dreaming about for years. Her postcard perfect drive through old growth forests quickly turn when the breach hits. A bizarre anomaly in the sky plunges California into a nightmare world populated with strange extra-dimensional creatures. Now Vanessa, along with Dougie, an orphan child, and Kai, a strange fuzzball of, of a beast, must fight to survive if they ever hope to make it back home. If there's even a home to return to in Beyond the Breach number one. Behemoth Comics, coming out with Spare Parts number one, in shops July 14th, 2021, written by Zvet Ruskov and David Murdoch, with artist Nicholas Brando. Based on the upcoming Raven Banner, an RLGE movie releasing in theaters this summer, Spare Parts features a group of women that get lost on a random dirt road. A tow truck driver arrives and tows them to his junkyard. Everything seems normal until they wake up with weapons for limbs and thrown into the fight of their lives. Sounds freaking badass, man! Spare parts number one! Check that out before this movie comes out. I know I will definitely check that movie out. That is freaking cool. Boom! Studios! With Mouse Guard Owl Hen Caregiver number one, written by David Peterson and art by David Peterson. In shops July 14th, 2021, which of life's biggest lessons can be learned from the smallest among us? A young mouse learns that compassion and kindness are the great virtues in the owl hen caregiver. Piper, the listener, finds a brave mouse venturing into a wild country to learn the tongues of other beasts, and a grizzled old fur shares the lesson of putting a whisker out too far in The Wild Wolf. Check out these collection of stories in Mouse Guard Owl Hen, caregiver number one. Dark Horse Comics, with Savage Hearts number one of five, Writer Aubrey Sitterson and artist Jed Doherty in shops July 14th, 2021. She's a brawny barbarian bruiser with a broken heart. He's a lonely beast man who talks to dinosaurs. What happens when they team up against an evil sorcerer? Action, comedy, romance in this all new jungle fantasy rom-com from Aubrey Sitterson. Writer of No One Left to Fight and uh, the comic book story of professional wrestling. And Jed Doherty, the artist of World's Finest and Harley Quinn and Justice League Future's End, they team up for Savage Hearts number one. Dynamite Entertainment with Barbarella number one. Writer Sarah Hoyt and artist Matabek Musabekov in shops July 14th, 2021. The Siren of Space returns for a series of all new adventures by a dynamic new creative team. Multi-award-winning author Sarah Hoyt and rising star artist Metabek Musabekov are at the controls of Barbarella. Leave Space Dock on a new mission fraught with unseen layers of danger, duplicity, and perhaps a dose of romance. Camelot is home to the rich and powerful class seeking escape from an increasingly crowded and decaying galactic empire. Desperate, clandestine transmissions from an enslaved underclass and brings Barbarella to investigate. Uncovering secrets that lead to more secrets and the distinct possibility that someone sh knew she was coming. High concept sci-fi meets the greatest aspects of the human soul in a series that will reveal wonders that both terrify and delight. That's Barbarella number one. Floating World Comics with Hyperthick number one, a three-part series with writer Steve Aylett and artist Steve Aylett. In shops July 14, 2021, Dead Inside? Hair on the Blink? House Tornado liquidizing the furniture? Here's a fab new rectangle from Steve Aylett. You'll have a field day with this shredding medley of smash treasure and murky diatribes. 
Eternity, my favorite. Hyperthick, number one. Heavy Metal Magazine, Never Never, number one of five. With writer Mark McCann and artist Phil Buckingham. In shops July 14th, 2021, Winter is seduced by the boy sprite Petros. Off to the Never Never. A place where children never grow up and the adults are the enemy. What would such a place look like? Where resources are scarce. Time passes, but age is obsolete. War with adults starved and insane from constant battle is the norm. What would ageless boys free of civility and role models be willing to do to survive, to live forever? A young girl will face her greatest test, an island full of immortal cannibals with a dark secret that sustains its existence in the most unnatural and awful of ways. That's never, never number one. It's like a dark, grim Peter Pan. Sounds freaking awesome. Now with IDW Publishing, Canto the Third, Lionhearted number one, a six-part series with writer Dave M. Boer and artist Drew Zucker. In shops July 14th, 2021, Fan favorite Kanto continues the tiny clockwork knight in search of a heart has found his people's freedom and has saved them from the curse of the shrouded man. But is he ready to face his enemy on the battlefield? After making the ultimate sacrifice, Kanto bears a weapon that could defeat the shrouded man and free all the inhabitants of the unnamed world. Now he races to find a hidden settlement of his former slavers to enlist them as allies in the coming war. That is, if the shrouded man doesn't find them first. That's Canto the Third, Lionhearted number one. Image Comics with Maneaters Cursed number one, a five-part series with writer Chelsea Kane and artist Kate Niemzik in shops July 14th. Maneaters the Cursed reunites the original Maneaters creative team for another tale of adolescent feminists, daring do, and supernatural hijinks. Mod, now 15, is sent to craft camp for the week. It goes south pretty quickly. Smart, laugh out loud, funny, provocative, referential, scary, chock full of ephemera, and compulsively rereadable. Plus fairies. Advisory, do not read this book while you are actually camping. Maneaters Cursed, number one. Marvel Comics! Oh yeah, baby. Coming out with Aliens Aftermath number one. Writer Ben Percy, artist Dave Watcher. In shops July 14th for Aliens 35th anniversary of Return to Hadley's Hope. It's been 35 years since the tragedy of the Hadley's Hope colony, but what happened to that ill-fated venture has been shrouded in mystery. A renegade crew of investigative journalists are heading towards the moon that Wayland yutani has wiped from all records. And they'll bring back the truth even if it kills them. And what remains in the bombed out site will try to do just that. Benjamin Percy and David Watcher imagine a terrifying possible future for LV-426 in this celebration of the 35th anniversary of one of the most influential science fiction films of all time. Parental advisory is advised. Aliens Aftermath number one by Marvel Comics. That's insane! We also get from Marvel, Sinister War number one of four with writer Nick Spencer and artist Mark Bagley. In shops July 14th, 2021, Doc Ock is back and the Sinister War has begun. Doc Ock's got a new Sinister Six and if you think he's thought big in the past, think again. What Doc Ock doesn't know is that the Vulture has a sextant of his own, the Savage Six. It's an all-out war between two of the greatest villains in the Marvel Universe. 
And the only person they hate more than each other is Spider-Man. Spidey's in deep trouble with the toughest battle that he's ever faced. Nick Spencer and Mark Bagley's team up for this epic Spider-Man story guaranteed to shock readers everywhere. And because I know we had uh, the Carnage comics in the last fanfare being talked about with uh, the Alpha Carnage comics, I know they're doing a series, they're getting Phage, scream out there in their own issues of this comic also as number one issues but we can't cover them much like how we did not cover heroes reborn marvel is just working too many cogs for us to cover all of it but i'll check it out nonetheless just not on the podcast from scout comics lunar ladies number one a three-part series with writer omar morales and artist joel Coatjar in shops july 14th 2021 a million years ago in outer space a highly advanced society of women lives under the surface of the moon their peaceful ways of living is quietly fracturing from the inside as political ideologies pit the queen of the moon against a geneticist hell bent on usurping the queen's power the lunar ladies is an homage to the public domain character moon girl complete with golden and age ray guns and laser rays <laughs> shout out to the midnight boys <laughs> from valiant entertainment ninjack number one with writer jeff parker and artist javier pulido in shops july 14th 2021 out of the shadows and into the spotlight the world's greatest super spy has been exposed Colin King is Ninjack, and he has a target on his back like never before. With enemies lurking around every corner, how will Ninjack survive when there's nowhere left to hide and the world is gunning for him? Hang on to your hats, folks. Jeff Parker and Javier Pulido are about to take you on a non-stop thrill ride in Ninjack number one. Now, lastly, with Zenoscope Entertainment Incorporated, we get Robin Hood, we get Robin Hood Goldilocks number one with writer Joe Brucia with artist Igor Vitorino in shops July 14th, 2021. All of Robin's skills are put to the test as she tries to survive Goldie's Carnival of Terror. If she wants to survive, Robin is not only going to have to defeat an endless string of murderous circus freaks, but she will have to find the strength to face off against her own inner demons. This looks badass, similar to that grim reimagining of Peter Pan we talked about. This is a grim reimagining of Robin Hood. Freaking sweet. Now, as we know, we are at the end of the show. But there is no end of the show without the deep dive segment. We're thinking about switching it up. How would you guys feel about the deep dive being at the end of the news segment versus the notable number ones? So that people who want to leave on the podcast can listen to the notable number ones and still get everything they want. But people who come for the deep dive don't have to skip and find some sort of spoiler halfway through the deep dive. And this deep dive, just like the top of the show being WitcherCon, we're going to deep dive the Witcher himself. Geralt of Rivia. A 13th century witcher, also known as a Wiccan or Hexer, is someone who has undergone training, intense mental and physical conditioning, and rituals to become a monster hunter for hire. Hailing from one of the witcher schools that span the globe, Geralt trained under the Wolf School, constantly being exposed to mutagens he became increasingly resistant to, landing him a spot in experiments for stronger and more volatile mutagens, turning his hair white, as well as giving him enhanced strength and speed. Armed with two swords and a magic practice referred to as signs. After being orphaned and left in the care of the witchers, the boys, all of these witcher boy orphans, gave themselves names for fun to cope with what was going on. Geralt choosing a pretentious name beyond his name Geralt changed the long and stuck-up name that he originally came up with to hail from the town of Rivia, also an up-class town, and later making this true by earning knighthood in the town itself. Son of the sorceress Visena and the warrior Corin, early in his career, Geralt beheaded a 
great beast in the king's court, leading him to be challenged by 15 men on a mission from favor. Killing off all of the men in front of a village as well as their princess, earning him the name the Butcher of Blavakin. With his best friend Dandelion, the two went on adventures until Dandelion ran into a djinn while fishing, forcing Geralt to save him and find help for Dandelion's severe wounds of which only one person could help, the town mage, Yennefer of Vengerberg, who becomes Geralt's primary love interest in this franchise. Her spanning all of the Witcher games, all of the Witcher books, and still continues to be his mission today. Only to be combated by the likes of one other girl for the spot of love interest, Triss Marigold. Eventually passing on his training and experience to a young Witcher named Ciri, who acts as Geralt's spiritual daughter, Geralt has lost his memories, but has never forgotten the training ingrained in his body, the love he has for Yennefer, or the duty he bears to his friends. He's been known as the White Wolf, the Butcher, the Wiccan. Toss a coin to your Witcher. Geralt of Rivia. And that's all we have for our deep end this week. And that's all we have for this week's fanfare. As always, thank you for joining me and beware the wild hunt. Until next week for our next fanfare. And we will be having a fatal foils on the episode six for Loki. So stay tuned for that later in the week. I'll catch you guys later. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Fatal from Fatal Affair. Make sure to follow this on Spotify. Follow this on Apple, Google, Stitcher. Follow us on wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for supporting the show.